We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome, Irish fans, to another edition of the Irish Breakdown Podcast. I am Vince D'Addario, the football analyst here at irishbreakdown.com. And with me, as always, is Brian Driscoll, and he is the publisher at irishbreakdown.com. We do want to talk about the running back position uh, at Notre Dame going into the spring. And, Brian, normally we start with what was lost uh, at that position, but guess what? Nothing was lost at that position yeah. uh, going into the spring. And I, and I do want to say um, – we're talking about spring ball, right? This is mm-hmm. our preview for spring ball. So we're not going to talk about the incoming freshmen because those guys aren't here. They didn't enroll early. Um, and so we're talking about the guys that are actually on the team right now during spring practice. So uh, when we do this again in the summertime, um, and those guys will be entering, you know, obviously when they get here in fall camp and, and in the summer, et cetera, that's when we'll start talking about those, uh, those younger guys and, and what kind of impact they might be able to have. But as of right now, we're just talking about, uh, you know, the guys that are here. So the, the one-two punch of Kyron Williams and, uh, and Chris Tyree uh, obviously are the headliners of this group. But everything is coming back for this group, which, is, which should get fans pretty darn excited. You know, we were looking at this position group a year ago, and it was – Jafar Armstrong, who was banged up a lot. It was Kyron Williams who had four career carries. It was Sebo yeah. Flemister and Jameer Smith who combined to average less than, I think, four yards a carry. It was a pretty big question mark. I mean, Jameer Smith was the leading rusher, returning rusher from last year's team. Obviously, Jafar had more career yards, but Jafar got hurt in the first game of the year and really didn't do a whole lot after that. And it was a major, major question mark. 
And then you kind of fast forward to it didn't take long in this in the 2020 season to realize the running back was going to be a strength. <laughs> I think it was maybe it was that first 75 yard catch and run that Kyron Williams had, or you know, you'd see kind of Chris Tyree showing that juice that he had, and you're like, Yep, they're gonna be all right. You know, and then <laughs> and then when Sebo Flemister got his opportunities this year, I thought he ran well. I thought he ran hard, he ran with authority. So it was a it was a strength of the team all year, and no from beginning to end, I thought the backs were the only playmakers Notre Dame had against Alabama in the in the in the in the, in the uh, Rose Bowl. So it, it's certainly a position of strength. Now it's not a real deep position in, in regards to proven production. You have three players, and then you know, and then that's it. We're gonna have to wait for yeah. the freshmen to show up in the fall, but plenty of plenty of talent and plenty of diversity and still some questions about how they're going to be utilized moving forward, which we'll dive into. But, you know, this is now a, I would say that position where, where there's the most certainty in regards to the level of pro- anticipated production from this group moving into the 2021 season. Yeah, I, I'm excited. Um, and you and I have talked about, you know, what needs to happen or what we think needs to happen with this group and, and, and how that works. But let's, let's talk about Kyron Williams. Let's start with him. What, in your opinion, needs to happen for him to take his game to even another level? Because he was – look, when he got the ball in his hands, good things happened. I mm-hmm. mean, let's, let's be honest. It was a great thing. But everybody can take that next step. If you're not getting better, you're getting worse. There's, there's sure. no staying in the middle, right? So what does Kyron Williams need to do – uh, in your opinion, to get better, to take that next step? Well, I think obviously there's another level of production for him to get to. And yes, he was very, very good this year, but he averaged 5.3 yards per carry. In today's era of college football, that's not great. Sure. Um, you know, Tony Jones Jr. averaged 5.9 yards per carry, you know, and and nobody accused him of being a home run threat. So I, I think there's some <laughs> things uh, in that regards that you'd like to see a little bit more explosiveness. I think part of that can be Kyron, as a first-year running back, not surprisingly, uh, wasn't always consistent with his decision-making. Sometimes he would – and he got better, I think, as the year went on, but sometimes he'd freelance more than I think he should have, uh, which would cost him yards. You know, he'd bounce when he shouldn't have bounced. Uh, he would not cut back when he should have cut back. So the decision-making needs to improve. Uh, again, we're talking about a redshirt freshman running back, right, who carried the ball four times. Those things are going to happen. Sure. Um, you know, but but those are areas where he's got to get better. You know, he he had a, a really good year for his – the fact that it was his first year and all those kind of things, but there's still a lot of his game that needs to improve. Um, for someone with great hands, he was, consi- he was inconsistent catching the ball out of the backfield on the normal running back stuff, screens and checkdowns. Uh, really good catching the ball down the field, but he, he's – there were four or five balls that he dropped this year where you're like, that, that's just inexcusable. I think it was Duke also where he had another screen pass that if he catches it, and it wasn't a perfectly thrown ball, but you sure. got to catch it. Uh, that's a big play. And so I think th- that consistency in all regards is going to be important. And a lot is made of his pass blocking this year because he had some really punishing pass blocks. But again, that's another area where his – from a play after play standpoint was not as good as his highlight reel. And and that's the thing that 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 I would say there about Kyron. If if I could sum it up in one sentence, it was it is his consistency has to match his highlights. Sure. And if that happens and he's capable of it, then he's gonna take that next step. And so uh those are the things that that you have to work on with him as a coach. But then Kyron has to it, it, he has to have that same hunger to get better 
that he had to get to where he was this past year. I mean, we've heard story after story about the work Kyron put in in the offseason, and that's great. But what happens with some young players is when they le- achieve that level of success, he was a second-team All-American, he's you know, getting this honor and that honor, this accolade, that accolade. Yeah. Can he keep that same hunger to say, okay, now I want more? Uh, I'm confident that he will, but he's got to show it. You know, I, I think Kyron is a naturally hungry, proven player or hungry to prove himself player. I don't view him as someone who's going to get complacent. I just don't think that's his personality. Right. Having said that, I still need to see him show it. I need to see him take pride in the things he didn't do well. I need to see him have the same kind of attitude that Jeremiah Wusu has. And I've told this story. I interviewed Jeremiah Wusu this summer, and I kept wanting to talk about things that were positive, and he kept wanting to talk about things that were negative. He only I, I brought up the, the bowl game against Iowa State, and he, I think he had four tackles for loss, like three sacks, two forced fumbles. He didn't want to talk about any of that stuff. He talked right. about this play he should have made, that play he should have made. That's just kind of who he was. And – and that's what I think a lot of the great players are that way is they, they yeah, I won, but you know, I, I next time I want to win by more or yeah, yeah I ran for 1100 yards, but I should have ran for 1300 if I would have done this right, that right, this other thing, right. So some of the 5.3 yards per carry is offense related and the lack of RPOs, which allows teams to easily get nine in the box against Notre Dame. Other parts of it are he needs to eliminate some of the, the minuses or the two yard gains. that should have been eight yard gains had he, executed at a higher level which is something i think all young backs will will do chris tyree needs to get better in that regards too so if he can do those things this spring vince then there's a chance that kyron williams could take his game to a significantly higher level uh and and the the positive there is the more efficient he becomes then the less pounding he takes but then also it provides more opportunities for you to then get other backs in the game so uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing what we're going to get from Kyron Williams in his second year uh, as the as the go-to back. Last year he had to earn the starting role. Now I, I think it's his, and he has to then say, okay, I'm not worried about starting anymore. Now it's I want to be the best, and I want to yeah. be the best back in 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 the country. What do I got to do to get there? And if if Kyron is who I think he is, then then that will be his objective, and being part of a winning team will be part of that. But. There are certainly areas in his game that need to get cleaned up. And as they do, then his ability to dominate will just, it'll take off. Hey, everyone. Before we get started, I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community Discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. The best part is you can get all of this for only $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports podcasting experience. Acceptance in this program is limited, so get your application in today. Go to bwhustle.com slash join. Check out the description box for this episode to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com slash join. 
So, Brian, the the two and the one-two punch uh, in the backfield uh, last year obviously included Chris Tyree, true freshman. Uh, we knew the accolades coming in. We were excited for him. And when he touched the ball, frankly, good things happened. Mm-hmm. Um, how do they get him more involved? I know that was a big topic of conversation between you and I uh, throughout the season, especially the second half of the season. Uh, but how does this team go about getting him more involved in this offense so that they're more dynamic? So, number one, let's just assume first that no, the Notre Dame coaching staff is going to make zero changes to their philosophy. So, so just for argument's sake, let's sure. say they make zero changes. Yep. That means Chris Tyree has to become a more efficient, effective player when it comes to the little things, right? That's what they say kept him off the field some this year, being okay. better as a pass blocker. Uh, for him, it seemed like he normally knew what to do in the past game, but he wasn't always effective doing it and wasn't always confident necessarily stepping into it. There were times he would, so it's not a lack of toughness per se, but more of a, okay, I, I think I have that guy. Okay, yeah, I got that guy. Let me go get him. Sure. And and that's the, the next step for him. So that'll be part of it. Uh, I think that, like, like Kyron, I think becoming more efficient with his footwork, I think at times they both got a little bit too – um, choppy at times, looking to do different things. So just sure. being more efficient with his footwork. I think at times I felt Chris Tyree got downhill a little too quickly, which can happen for freshmen, especially freshmen that run four threes, which is what Chris Tyree runs. Is hey, let's 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 develop a little bit more patience to allow this to set up and then hit the hole and explode. So uh, I think those are some areas where he can continue to clean up his game. And like Kyron, you know, decision-making wasn't always there. You being more effective, hitting the holes more consistently, uh, staying on your track more effectively, setting up blocks more effectively, just things that you expect from any young running back to, sure. to, to enhance their game. So, I think those are the things, especially the pass blocking, are going to be a big part of of it because, you know, right now Notre Dame requires you to have to know everything like a senior in order to play. Uh, So if that's not going to change, and I don't expect it to change, then Chris Tyree needs to take a little bit more work on some of those little things that a freshman needs to work on as he goes into his second year in the offense. So um, just being a more efficient running back. If he can combine efficiency with his explosiveness – uh, you're you're going to see him take off and, and uh, be a guy that there, there there can be no excuse not to play him more. And and as we'll discuss here in a little bit, that doesn't mean you necessarily play Kyron Williams less. It just means that you figure out ways to use both of them. Because if we look at the depth chart right now, Vince, this that you could argue two of the two of the three best returners from last year's team are both running backs. So how are you gonna how are you gonna be able to utilize him? But Chris Tyree has to force that, right? Yes. Like he has to say, okay, I'm pass blocking effectively. I'm catching the ball out of the backfield. I'm making good decisions. I'm I'm allowing blocks to set up. I'm hitting vertically. I'm showing. I'm doing all the things that you tell me I need to do. All right, now play me. You know, and if he can do those things on a daily basis, I have no doubt that he'll get he'll get utilized more effectively than he was this past and and let's not act like they never played him either right i mean he did he did rush over 400 yards he had i think this year was the the third best maybe second best rushing total that that Notre Dame freshman has had under brian kelly josh adams obviously had the best i I would have to go back and look at chris tyree compared to torian folston in 2013 that'd be the only other freshman who could who could rival what chris tyree did so it's not like he didn't play at all it was more about, boy, this kid's pretty good. Why aren't you using him more? 
And, uh, and, and for people to understand that that doesn't necessarily mean not using Kyron Williams, it means you have two great players there. Let's figure out a way to use both of them. Um, and we'll find out here coming up pretty soon if the, if the Notre Dame coaching staff is going to figure out a way to do that. Well, let, let, let's build on that, Brian, because, you know, we've seen in spring ball, in fall camp, we've seen Notre Dame go to, you know, split backs. They've had two backs on the field, et cetera. Um, and that's within the, the current philosophy. So we're, again, we're, we're assuming that they're not going to change anything. Um, they've had two back offense in the playbook, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, how does Notre Dame go about getting these two guys on the field? Because if, I feel like, at least in the past, with, with different personnel, um, you know, we see it during practice, but we don't really see it in a game. Now, in their defense, there's been some injuries and, and some things of that nature that have prevented them from maybe going to the split back or the two back offense, you know, maybe like they would have wanted to. Um, but the bottom line is we don't really see it in a game very often. So do you think we move in that direction uh, at Notre Dame for, for this coming fall? You know, I don't know how much how much split back we'll see or that we need to see. I think there are certainly some wrinkles you can do out of that. Uh, I kind of like the notion of of doing things where you maybe start with that and then motion a guy out. I, I think the unique aspect of this two-man group is very similar to what we saw in 2012 with, with uh, uh, Theo Riddick and Sierra Wood. And the reason I compare it is because Theo came to Notre Dame as a running back and then moved to slot in right. 2010 and 2011 played slot receiver for Notre Dame and caught over 40 balls in 2011, I believe. So he had some natural pass route running pass catching ability to where you could use him out of the backfield, but you could then also line him up in a slot. You, you weren't necessarily doing that with other backs that could catch the ball out of the backfield. Tony Jones is a very good pass catcher out of the backfield. But Tony Jones was not someone you're going to line up in the slot and say, go run a route against a linebacker safety. That wasn't who he was. Right. Um, Kyron Williams can do that because he was a receiver for most of his career. I don't think he really started focusing on running back until he was a junior, and then he didn't really become a natural-looking running back until he was a senior. And then he took off. I mean, he had over 3,000 career rushing yards, but he also had over 2,000 career receiving yards in high school. And a lot of that was not like screens and swing routes. They were lining up and running yeah. pass routes like a wide receiver. I still remember his first fall camp and and him and Kyle Hamilton going toe-to-toe in one-on-ones, and he was just smoking Kyle Hamilton on corner routes and outcuts because he can run routes like a receiver. He gets in and out of his break very yeah. quickly, yeah. And he understands leverage and stems and manipulating yeah. defensive backs at the top of his routes and things along those lines that most running backs who just have played running back their whole life don't understand. So I think sure. that's something that Notre Dame needs to utilize more effectively to where, you know, you could you could theoretically line up in a in a two tight end, two running back alignment and force the defense to go with your big personnel. And the next thing you know, Depending on which receivers you're using, all of a sudden you put one tight end outside, you put one, you put Kyron Williams in the slot, and all of a sudden you're essentially in an eleven personnel type of look against a defense that has now gone to its big personnel, thinking you're in a in a run back line. Yeah, right. Yep. And and those are some things that I think the Notre Dame staff doesn't do a good enough job when it comes to using their their the really they have a very diverse group of players and they have very unique skill sets and. And they've done a great job recruiting guys that can do a lot of different things. And now you sure. need to start utilizing that, you know, and then 
And you could do that in a situation where if Avery Davis is your is one of your receivers, you can put him in the backfield. I mean, there's just so many different things you can do with your players to to just give things teams to think about. And your two back alignments are are one of those. And you can also do things where you you, you motion Kyron Williams out and start running RPOs with him. And I mean, it's really the ball's either going to go to him or Chris Tyree on the same play. This is another right. reason you could start being creative with RPOs where. You put Kyron in a situation where how do you want to line up against him? So let's say Notre Dame goes in in uh, we'll go twenty one personnel for example twenty one personnel's two backs one tight end two receivers okay so when people are talking about personnel little brief football one hundred and one uh, the first number is the number of running backs the second number is the number of tight ends and then receivers are just whatever's left over to get to five skill players okay because right. you're gonna have five linemen a quarterback and then five skill players so 21 personnel is two backs one tight end two receivers you could get into situations where you go 21 personnel and you could you know put like a, a slot to the left so two receivers to the left a tight end to the right and then you could put Chris Tyree out to the right or, I mean excuse me Kyron Williams out to the right to where he's almost playing like that W position mm-hmm. and you say to teams how are you going to defend this are you going to put a corner out there because if you're going to put a corner out there and then you've got a bump out to our slot receiver what kind of matchup advantages are we going to have here in the pass game or do you going to bump a linebacker out there and then hope that a linebacker can run with with kyron williams on pass Uh downfield pass routes um are you going to treat it like a normal situation and those are situations where the run game now opens up or do you treat him like a traditional running back if you're doing that then all of a sudden your rpo game becomes real effective you can throw hitches you can throw screens you can throw out cuts you can throw a post route to him, a, a, a quick glance route. There's so many different things you could do with him because he has receiver skill where you're calling – you could call three plays in a row out of that alignment, and either him or Chris Tyree is going to cut touch ball every time. And those are the that kind of the creativity that you can use with them. And you're not doing it every play, but if you're throwing that wrinkle at them enough during a game – then, then teams have to have to align it, align to it in a certain way. If you have sure. success with, it. then if you have success with it, you say, okay, now they're worried about this. Oh, and by the way, they have to also. What do you do with Michael Mayer? What are you going to do with with Kevin Austin? What are you going to do with Braden Lindsay or Avery Davis or Jordan Johnson or Xavier Watts or who all the other weapons that Notre Dame has a wide receiver on the other side? And so that's one of those things where you have to be able to utilize your personnel not just to get them the football, but then to utilize them to manipulate the defense into making decisions that are outside of the parameters of what they like to do defensively, which then allows you to counteract with other matchups. And those are things that, to me, good coaches have to do. And so, and sometimes you have to do it on the fly, but a lot of times it's part of your game plan. I mean, I had a game once in, in 2003, Vince, where I was coaching and we played a team that, for whatever reason, they had one receiver that they were just petrified of. It was our fastest receiver. So they were going to line a cornerback and a safety over top of him no matter where he went. So what we started doing was, once we realized that, he was a kid that spent time in the NFL. He had two catches for six yards that game. But what we did was we had two other guys over 100 yards because we would move him to where we wanted to We wanted to get the defense over here so we could run this combination over here. Yeah, right. We would, put him here because then they would focus on him so we could bang that backside post to Michael Warfield. So there were so many different things. It's not even just about him getting the ball, but it's using him to then manipulate because you want to get somebody else the ball. Sure. And so those are things that just out of a 21 personnel, do you know the number of teams that can do that with base 21 personnel? You could probably count those teams on one hand. I was going to say, not many. 
Right. And, and, and they don't have the versatility at running because back. they don't have that unique skill set of Kyron right. Williams. Now, if you want to say we didn't want to do that in 2020 because it was his first year in the lineup, and, and here's a legitimate reason. Notre Dame did not go into fall camp thinking Chris Tyre or Kyron Williams was going to be their number one back. That's true. He had to earn that. And so because there was no spring ball, I think we talked about this in the podcast, the last podcast, the uh, mailbag is maybe is maybe is the last time we talked about it, but because you didn't have that spring practice to know what Kyron was about to come in and be. And the fact that you had so many backs that were out with COVID or, or contact tracing because a roommate got tested, tested positive. They were at times they were done things that they could at running back. And so I have to kind of give them a little bit of a pass for what we didn't see last year because it was such a unique year. It was such a strange year for them that I, I, I somewhat am sympathetic to it because it is something we have seen the staff be willing to do in the past. Right. Yep. So now we need to see if they're now that you've got the whole spring to do it now. So yep. now is the time you experiment with those things and start saying, Hey, this is something we want to do. We have these two really dynamic playmakers and, and SIBO, right? Cause there's things where you could do where you could put SIBO back gonna, there, yeah, just right. yep. run him on inside zones and you've got Kyron or Chris Tyree outside. So, You've got this really diverse skill set. It's your best group. It's your most proven group returning. Yeah. Let's use the spring to see what they can do. Maybe Kyron can't handle all that receiver stuff, and it starts hurting his running back game. Maybe he handles it flawlessly. Maybe Chris Tyree steps up as a pass catcher, and there's things you could do with him where you can go three backs, and you can have Sebo in the backfield running the, the inside zone, and you can have Chris Tyree running bubbles, you know, bubbles to the left on screens, and then you've got Kyron running one on. I mean, there's so many different things you could do. Now's the time to find out who can do what, and and start building around it because you didn't have that chance last year. In their defense, right. they did not have that opportunity last year because of the COVID, you know, taking away their spring, and because of how fall camp went. It, it was an understandable lack of of developing the offense last year because of the circumstances that in a lot of ways were out of their control. There's no excuses this offseason. It's time to get it done. And I'm curious to see if they're going to be able to do that this spring because if they can, this running back group has a chance to really take off. And they were a good group in 2020. I don't... We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
see any reason if Notre Dame runs the offense the way that they should run the offense this year, there's no reason this duo can't produce the kind of yards that the North Carolina duo produced last year in the same league, 2,000 yard running backs. And neither of those guys were the pass catcher out of the backfield that Kyron Williams is. Right. So, I mean, the opportunity is there. It's just whether or not the coaching staff has the flexibility and the thought outside the box to do it. I think they do because if you look at Lance Taylor, we've seen him develop running backs can run and catch the ball a lot. He coached wide receivers in the National Football League. I I think there's the mindset there, but are they willing to push for it? That is something that remains to be seen right now. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything, which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. Well, one of the things we like to do at the end of each uh of our position previews is we like to ask some questions, right? Mm -hmm. Questions that we're looking at going in. I've got a couple. I think you probably, you might have a couple. We usually stick with three, but we might go over. Mm -hmm. Um, For me, the big question mark is going to be how, and and we just talked about it, but it's how do these guys work together? Mm -hmm. How do they get them on the field together in, uh, you know, in a way that is both productive and dynamic for that matter, you know? Uh, that's my biggest question mark going mm-hmm. into the spring. I'm hoping that we can see maybe what that might look like going into the fall. Um, but again, will we be able to see anything? I'm not sure. But that's the big question mark for me. What's one of your bigger questions? Well, I think for me, health. Can this group stay healthy? I think it's going to be harder to do what you and I are talking about them needing to do if guys are banged up all well, season or in fall camp. Yeah. Because, because they don't have – there's nobody else that can do what Kyron Williams can do at running back. So if – he's out for a month for some reason, then that changes things. A sure. little. Bit. Now no you have more traditional running backs at the position. So, um, and then the other one for me is, can they, can they build the offense around different skill sets? And it kind of ties into the first question. It's one thing to see how they're going to do it, but it's also about, is this staff, do they have the ability to, uh, the the I'm trying to say this without sounding insulting because I don't mean it to be insulting. Are they able to think outside the box enough to say, "Hey, there's not a lot of other teams that are doing this because they don't have the the right. particular skill sets that we possess," and then have the guts to go out and do some stuff that maybe other people aren't doing. Sure. And and to me, that's that's what I want to see is yeah. is that and and that's a question that I have and that requires a. That requires a whole little different mindset as a coach because if it doesn't work, you know you could be in trouble. But uh, so you 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 know you stick with kind of what you know because you, you know that's going to work. And so, sure. is are there is there going to be enough outside the box thinking to say, hey, we have three running backs coming back this spring with three distinctly different skill sets. How do we tailor the offense to to fit all three of those skill sets individually? but then also collectively. And that, that is, that is the question. And again, it kind of ties in with that first question, but, um, and then my second question is you can't do that if guys aren't staying healthy. And to me, outside of that, there aren't a whole lot of questions for me at running back other than really those. I mean, we know who they are. 
we know what they can do. Yep. Um, I sure. guess my other third question is, are the running backs going to be willing to put in the work to really enhance the little things that maybe they didn't do so great this past season? Are they, are they self-motivators? Are they self-starters? Are they, are they hungry guys that say, hey, last year wasn't good enough. I, I, I want to do a lot more. We'll start to find out the answers to that this spring. Well, and, and you make a really good point about health since there's three guys in the backfield. Now, they, they've got, I'm sure, some walk-ons and things of that nature that, that can take some reps, but you've got three guys that are going to take the majority of the reps, and if somebody goes down, that's a huge chunk to be missing. And the kind of things that we're talking about um, and, and the change in the philosophy of having more than one guy on the field, et cetera, et cetera, that doesn't just happen overnight. That's something mm-hmm. that you have to practice. That's something – daily. Yes, and really? if somebody's injured, you can just throw that right out the window. It's not going to happen. Right. So I agree with you on that. That's, that's one I didn't think about. Injuries could play a major role here. Depending on who gets who goes down. I mean, sure. to me, it's more about it's more about Kyron Williams being able to stay healthy. Right, because he's the guy that's going to be that you that belongs in the slot and doing those kinds of things. Right, because th- there's just no one else that can do that. Especially, right. I mean, Logan Diggs can do some interesting things uh, as a running back that I've seen him do at camps, but he's not Kyron Williams as a route right. runner. Right. So, you know, if one of the other backs kind of is out for a week, it doesn't take away from your ability to do those things because sure. as long as you have Kyron Williams, he's the, he's the to me, the key yeah. to making this stuff work. He's the straw. Yeah, because I'm not a big believer in just playing two backs to play two backs. I mean, there's some things you can do that I think this team Agreed. can do. You know, you can have the one back that can lead block, and there's some other wrinkles here and there of things that you can do. But it's just more of a of a change of pace thing. It's not a, a focal point of what you do. Yeah, sure. I, I think that. Notre Dame can make this more of a focal point of what they do, you know, to where maybe you do see 15 to 18 snaps a game of this per game because they have a unique skill set that's different than most two back alignments that you would face. Right. Uh, you know, but, but, but I think at the end of the day, Vince, it's going to require a philosophical change, big picture to do this, because if you're going to run the same full, if you have the same philosophy of offense that you had last year and recent years of, you know, Hey, this is what we do. This is our personnel. We're going to be conservative. Then, then you're not going to all of a sudden just go to two backs and be creative. Right. You're just not going to see uh, it, you know. Point. Yeah, right. It has to be part of a bigger picture desire to get more athletes on the field in different ways to spread the ball around, to get the ball to the perimeter. You have to have a concerted effort and desire to attack the perimeter with your pass game. And and that can be with running backs. Because here's something you understand. What is different? Somebody explain this to me if, if, you, if you're – because what a lot of people that are sort of the old school, you have to run X number of times people – They'll say, well, you have to run the ball this amount of times for this many yards. And I've always said, what is different from me tossing the ball on a, on a toss sweep than me taking the ball one step and throwing it out to perimeter on a bubble screen? So I guarantee you I can get the ball out there a lot quicker going to say, that's with a bubble screen yeah. than you can with a toss sweep. I can throw the ball faster than you can run. Right. And so, uh, you know, th- th- those are things where it's like that's a – to me, that's an extension of your run game. Right. Running an RPO and banging a seven-yard outcut, to me, that's a run stat. You loaded us up. We called a run play, and we got seven yards. That's, that's, a, that's a successful run play. Uh, as it's not a successful run play, it's a successful part of your run package, right? And so, but those aren't things that Notre Dame did last year. So, in order to then become where you know you count 
Kyron Williams lining up in the slot and running a five-yard outcut, catching the ball and gaining nine yards is an extension of your run game. Or running an RPO where the linebacker stepped down because Chris Tyree just ripped a 50-yard gain off on him in the previous series. And so now their linebackers are stepping down and you're banging a slant route or a glance route behind the linebackers to Kyron Williams is an extension of your run game. And to me, that's what Notre Dame has been lacking. And it's a philosophical thing more than anything. It's not a scheme. It's not an X and O. It's a philosophy of football that we are going to use throwing the ball as an extension of our run game to, number one, get the ball in space. Number two, get the ball to our playmaker. So number three, and this is the most important part for Notre Dame specifically, it protects your run game. If you want to play 8-9 in the box with a run game, we have a way to protect it every single time. Every time you go 9 in the box, we're throwing it behind you. We're throwing it outside. We're doing something to where, say, you can't do that anymore. Because Whatever you hey, do, if it's we're wrong. On the th- Right. If we're going to run for 75 yards, that's fine because you want to go 9 in the box, but you know our quarterback just threw for 425. Right. Right. And Kyron Williams only had eight carries for 34 yards, but he had 17 touches for 212 yards. Right. Because he had other, you know, he did that impact in the pass game. That's the key to me is the philosophy of spread the ball around, get the ball in space to your playmakers, use guys in different ways, and put the defense in binds. Stress the defense. Notre Dame did not stress the defense in 2020, other than our dudes are better than your dudes. Right. And and I don't care what you do. I mean, Tyron Williams had a long run against Florida State where there was literally an unblocked defensive end that some organization outlet recently I saw had ranked higher than Adi Ogundiji and Dalen Hayes. So this is some bum from a Mac school, right? Right. This is a top recruit from an, from a, a an ACC school that will probably get drafted, had Kyron Williams dead to rights in the backfield, and he just made a miss. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's the kind of talent you have in the backfield, but that's what you were going up against every day. And if they're willing to make that philosophical change, you're not only going to see a more explosive offense, but you're going to see Kyron Williams and Chris Tyree put up numbers like we have not seen at Notre Dame from backs in a very, very long time. All right, Brian. Well, that's going to do it uh, for our spring running back preview. Uh, again, probably the deepest, most exciting group that we're going to be able to see in the spring and should be the one of the better groups in the fall as well. And uh, so this is going to be a fun group to keep an eye on. Make sure you stay locked in to irishbreakdown.com. You see it scrolling along the bottom there. Brian's got all kinds of good stuff going uh, going on at irishbreakdown.com. Of course, subscribe, hit the notification button, hit that bell over at YouTube, and then uh, hit that subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts because uh, we always have good info coming your way. So thank you for, uh, for tuning in today. For Brian, I'm Vince, and we will talk to you next time on the Irish Breakdown Podcast.
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.